0: On this week's episode, we talk about the actual Game Awards announcements, the crazy saga of the day before, Microsoft potentially putting out a free tier of Game Pass, the end of E3 as we know it, and more. All of this tonight, but first, on to that beautiful Bean intro. <laughs> Welcome to the place where PC and console gaming talk combine. This is the Orange Box Podcast, Episode 10. I am your host, the man who spent his whole life savings to go to E3 and put a non-refundable deposit on a hotel for next year's show. Nathan, also known as the Frozen Gamer 87. And joining me as always, the man who believes the day before will still get fixed for sure... Justin, better known as I am Zerikon, how are you doing today?
1: I am doing well. It's it's I'm 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 getting more adjusted to the, uh, well, somewhat adjusted to the wind going on with the cold weather, but uh, not too bad. uh, Also, this is going to be a short work week since we have our, since my job has uh, its annual Christmas party, so we only get four days of work instead of five. So, wow, it's nice. Wow, you you get a whole day for a Christmas party? Well, oh, not the whole day. It's it's pretty much. Well, I guess technically it's three and a half days because uh, tomorrow actually is the day of the Christmas party. So we only have a half work day. Okay. And then because I guess we're gonna the people who are going to the party are out late. Uh, they just let everyone have the day off the next day. Sweet. So yeah, so it'll be it'll be nice to sleep in. <laughs>
0: Yeah, my oh, yeah. sleeping in tomorrow is till five thirty. It's the one day this week that I get to sleep later. Oh no! But that's that's all right. Next next week I only have to get up at five one day, so that'll be nice. But um, mm. as far as my week, um, been pretty busy. Um, obviously, you know we had the the I had the trip to Kansas City on Thursday then editing the podcast when I got home. Then we had the Game Awards stream that evening, which was very, very long. A lot longer, <laughs> uh, like a full hour longer than I was expecting it to be. Um, and then just various things between then and today. Um, and we, we had, of course, I told you about uh, our car issues. We we were able to get it fixed, Thankfully, it wasn't quite as expensive as we feared it would be. It was still expensive, but considering we were expecting thousands and it was well below that, I, I'd call it good. You know, I, I can live with okay. that. We, we could cover it with savings. It's just not... It always hurts. <laughs> mm. But um, it, it was basically the summary of what it was, is that a, one of the cylinders in our engine was misfiring. And so... Uh, they had to do a, uh, they had to replace some spark plugs and do a thorough cleaning, um, or like a, I can't remember the term that they used. I'm I'm not I'm not a mechanic by any stretch. Uh, I know how to do basic maintenance and that's it. But uh, yeah, anyway, so it's fixed now, so we're good from that standpoint. So that is a plus, and getting close to the end of. Uh, work for the year for me because um, by this time next week, that is next Wednesday evening, I will be on paid va- or paid time off um, from. So I I start the middle of the day on December 20th and I go back to work on January 2nd. So I get oh nice almost two weeks <laughs> two four weeks off. Um, I always I always try to schedule. Uh, work out my time off because we get like three days off just uh work holidays so mm. we, we get a day off for Christmas Eve for Christmas and then for New Year's and um so I had I, I had to take like I think maybe four and a half days total something like that and then I had a floating holiday I could use for one of the days um and then, of course, you know, the, the days we are to get off for holidays. So it's going to work out nicely. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm just trying to keep myself motivated to actually get whatever stuff I can get done, done before the year is over, or rather before I'm, um, done. Well, b- before I'm done for the year, which is next week. And next week I have, uh, the, the two days that I have, um, the two full days that I'm in the office, I'll be spending most of those days working on uh, a monthly thing that I have some reports that I have to put together for getting sent out uh, to all the departments. So that'll end up taking up the majority of my days, which means basically I need to get as much done as I can over the next couple of days. And I won't get to do much next week before I go on PTO. Yeah. Mm. Our Christmas party all, all we have is just a Christmas lunch, which is good. I mean, it's always good. Like, they always do uh, catered from Olive Garden every year. And I don't go to Olive Garden oh, otherwise. So it's like, hey, it's it's, <laughs> it's decent Italian food. I mean, it's not like it's not legit Italian food necessarily, but it's, it's pretty good. So I won't complain about, you know, not having to pay for food.
1: <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, what have you been playing this week? Uh, so I got into Batman Arkham Origins uh, for a couple reasons. A, it's the final Batman game that I haven't tried playing on a Steam Deck, mm-hmm. so that was one reason. And the other reason was the fact that it's Christmas time. I can uh, people yeah. talk about their what what's a Christmas movie. This is a Christmas game. <laughs> yeah, that makes so, perfect sense. So 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 I I wanted to play this, and it's running pretty well. Um, I'm just using the Experimental proton, mm-hmm. but it's running as well as uh, the Arkham City is running, uh, and getting a good 90 frames per second. Not, nice. I mean, it's recorded in 60, but right. it's doing pretty well. And I want to see maybe if I can bump the settings all the way to see if like that would impact the performance mm. much. But um, everything else is pretty much on sort of a ish uh, settings. Of course, though, I like turned off motion blur, turned right. off. Uh, depth of field and a couple other things mm-hmm. just because I don't care for those but other than that right. though it's doing pretty well um, and yeah I, I think the only problem is which I don't know if it's really just a problem with running it through Linux or just a problem with the game itself because I've had issues on Windows with this ish that um with the when using uh, fast travel mm-hmm. during the cutscene the audio may not up here the audio may not be playing yeah. so it'll just be silent for the duration of that you know five seconds instead of hearing yeah. the bat plane moving right uh, but other than that though it's pretty good um also been playing some more of transformers fall of cybertron it's getting quite intense I'll say <laughs> uh dev- it definitely feels like you're right when cybertron in the middle of war <laughs> nice. but um I'm I'm enjoying it so far I'm I, I'm getting a better grasp of things. One thing, though, that I'm not too fond of is the fact that uh, in between missions or when you go into a new mission, if you're playing as a certain character, the items that you had won't transfer over. So I've been, for one mission, playing primarily with just two different weapons. But then once I get into the next one, I start off with a completely different set of weapons that I really don't care for. Gotcha. So just to, having to adjust for that is a bit of a cur- learning curve, but... Other than that, though, I'm still enjoying it so far, um, and been playing it, again, again, mostly on the Steam Deck, so Mm. it's running pretty well there as well. Although, one thing I will actually will say is the fact that I wanted to see if I could bump the frame, or use 90 hertz, uh, but for some strange reason, the game is completely capped at 60. Um, No amount of going to the settings Mm -hmm. fixes that, and that's a bit of a disappointment, but I'm not too surprised considering the fact that the game already limited how many or actually there were there were pretty much no graphic settings at all, so I'm not really too yeah. surprised there. Um But lastly, the last game I played was Dragon Ball Universe 1. Uh primarily I played that just because well, two reasons. A, just a little bit hyped, well hyped on one hand for Dragon Ball, uh Sparking Zero just because getting that Budokai Tenkaichi 4, but then also needed it uh needed some gameplay footage for a video so getting back into that i'm still trying to get custom to the controls because they're because they're completely sort of custom they're not standardized like your regular dragon ball fighting game Hmm. uh but it's okay uh not the best dragon ball game i've played but it's pretty decent though yeah that's
0: cool yeah, um, I think Transformers uh, I'm guessing it's probably similar to how it is with uh, Metal Gear Solid 5 and even like Elden Ring where by default the, the highest it can go up to is 60 Like they, they just have a hard mm-hmm. cap um, that, that if you use I mean like there's ways to get around it um, but it's typically like you either have to use some type of mod or you have to uh, modify like the uh, one of the text files involved with it in order to be able to um, remove that cap or at least to raise the cap. Because like I know with Elden Ring um, at least initially I did that, I increased the field of view to like 120 or something and then um, increased the frame rate cap to something similar. And um, You know, it works, but it's, it's something you have to do through like a separate mod in order to get it to work and ultimately at least with Elden Ring I ended up not sticking with it I just did it a little bit and then since I was playing mostly on Steam Deck I I kind of like the the closer feel for the most part because it's just easier to keep track of your character I guess even though the few extra field of view would theoretically make it better I don't know maybe someday I'll try again but I don't know how easily I'd be able to do that on Steam Deck and that's really where I would play it more than anything but yeah that's that's something I need to look into as well I'd like to be able to do that for, for certain games increase it above 60, especially when I know that the system could easily run it higher. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, um, speaking of Metal Gear Solid 5, of course, I played <laughs> a bunch of that this past week. Um, that's, like, the bulk of what I spent my time playing. Um, at least when I've had time to play, that was a lot of what I was doing. But I also decided that I wanted to do some additional um, some additional testing because my my video on, for Doom 2016 actually did surprisingly well got uh, over 2,000 views uh, which is the highest I've gotten on any video I mean I think the best I've gotten before that was like um, 1200 maybe and that was on one of my uh, Switch Pro controller in Steam test videos kind of showing how to, how to do it with that something along those lines but uh, so so the game I decided to test was doom eternal and um, yeah it's it's very similar to doom 2016 in in how it runs uh, both of them I had to actually put on the internal storage because I was having issues getting the um, the video or the um, getting the game transferred over to my micro SD. On the Steam Deck uh, because I guess I had previously had it on there and so there was like some remaining files or whatever still present and it was just kind of messing with things so so yeah I I tested both of those they you know as expected the Steam Deck version obviously looks and runs a lot better Very easy to get near locked 60. There's occasional drops down into the 40s, but it's very rare. There's like only a couple situations where it did that. Sometimes it'll get above 60. Sometimes as high as 90. Uh, The cutscenes it always goes up to 90. No problems. Hmm. Um, But then the rest of the time, it's usually hovering right around 60. And that's with uh, mostly high settings. So it looks really good. It has HDR. You can do ray tracing with it. Um, I turned off the ray tracing because it just definitely hurt the performance it went down from went from a solid 60 down to like mid 40s and it's like you know i'd rather just have the performance it wasn't making that big of a difference and and all that um but something else i did was i finally got around to um re uh what's the word i'm looking for um Uh, restoring my Vita to factory settings because I I wanted to get the custom firmware I reinstalled and get it set up so that it could actually run, uh, not just stuff off an SD card, which I'd already done previously and then just had some, some issues with stuff disappearing and a whole lot of complicated stuff that I'm not going to get into. Um, but I, I wanted to redo that, so I, I redid all that in part because I wanted to try and get some saves transferred over um, to my Steam Deck. Mainly, what I really wanted to do was try playing Decidia Duodecim on my Steam Deck. So, I got that I got that downloaded and installed there. And I was able to get... I Turns out I actually had my save backed up elsewhere. Because uh, it wasn't actually on my Vita anymore. Um, but I was able to get my save transferred over to my Steam Deck. And got that running, and then there's, um, you can do a, a cheat, much like you can do with a 3DS version of Metal Gear Solid, uh, where you can force it to, to run at 60. So, it pretty well maintains 60 frames per second, and that's with the resolution bumped up to four times the uh, PSP's resolution. So up, up at 1080p and it looks fantastic. I mean, it looks fantastic and at 60 frames per second, which it mostly keeps. Like it, it does sometimes do only in the 40s. Um, I think, I think actually, I might have no. Initially, I had it at four times resolution. It was only getting in the 40s, and so I dropped it down to uh, three times resolution, and that was keeping it in the 60s a lot more. Um, uh. But yeah, it looks and runs fantastic it's kind of funny because I I, I uh, tried messing with it on my Vita and it's like wow that looks so much worse <laughs> <laughs> I mean like the 30 frames per second didn't really bother me if, at first because yeah, that's how I've, you know, I've played hundreds of hours between the first Dissidia and Duodecim um, and so I was like I was used to it running that and then once I got up to 60 it's like wow this is fast it feels great <laughs> Uh, but yeah, really, like it looks incredible on the Steam Deck and um, even though I'm not really planning to play a ton, just because of the fact that it's like, okay, I've already put a bunch of time into this, all that, but if I want to play I'm going to be playing it on Steam Deck going forward because it just looks and plays so much better and because I still have that OLED screen and everything else, it's just it's totally worth, worth the trouble. Um, but some other things I did with the Vita I was able to track down my old saves for some of the games I had previously. Uh, particularly one of those being Muramasa the de- or Muramasa Rebirth which is mm-hmm. the port to Vita of the game that was originally on the Wii. Um, and it took a little bit for me to get back into the controls because it's it's literally been nine years since the last time I played this game. Um, my, my saves were from 2014 and I remember playing when when we were on our anniversary trip in Hawaii. And when we were not out doing stuff, end of the day, we would sit down and I'd be playing either Muramasa or animal crossing new leaf. And then my wife was playing animal crossing and, um, Yeah, so I I played through all of that back then. But anyway, so I I played quite a bit of this, or, you know, played like maybe an hour or two. More just because there's still stuff in the game that I have yet to actually do. Not counting all the DLC stuff, which I did purchase uh, back when they said that the stores were shutting down before they backtracked on that. Um, And I still would like to, but yeah, I mean, that game is gorgeous. I mean, it is a beautiful game. It runs super well. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's 60 frames per second all across the board, even though there's no way for me to confirm that. But it's, it feels super smooth, and just, it's, I don't know, it's a beautiful game. Uh, have you ever played Muramasa?
1: I played the Wii version. Okay. Um, I, I didn't get too far into it, but I definitely enjoyed what I did play of the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's not a long game. At least not the going through the main campaign with each character. Like uh, between the two, I think I had ten and a half hours with, with one character, and nine and a half with the other to get entirely through the campaign. Mm. Um, granted, I think that that doesn't count. Whatever it took, it was like saved right before the last boss of the campaign. Um, so even with that, it probably wouldn't have been more than an extra half hour on each one of time but yeah it's it's a beautiful game it's it's one that I would like to get back into and I might do that next year it's this time it was really just kind of wanting to test stuff out more than anything else that was really what it came down to um, but I did also mess around with, with a couple other games um, one being uh, a Killzone Mercenary which is another game I have mm-hmm. on Vita and um, that one is, um, it, it's it's interesting. Like it, it's definitely a visual showcase for the system, and it's one of those that like I was interested in, but I never. Like I, I think I originally got it free when it was free on PlayStation Plus when I was still subscribed to that, and then um, I unsubscribed to that gear uh, two or three years ago. And I ended up just buying this during the, that sale as well. Or not sale, but uh, right when they said that things were going to be closing down just because I wanted to give it a real a real chance, especially because it is a Vita-exclusive game. Um, so I, played, I basically just played through the first level. It's a pretty good game. I mean, I, I, I like what I played. Thankfully, this time I didn't feel like I was fumbling with the controls nearly as much as I was the first time I tried it back in the day. Um, but yeah it, it's definitely one that I could see myself going through and actually like really playing I, I like um, checking out those first party games that PlayStation made when they actually still supported the Vita which wasn't very long <laughs> um, and this is one of those that I just I haven't really played yet uh, but in addition to that I also uh, tried out uh, Soul Sacrifice Delta another one that I bought during that time frame, and um, it's one that I had tried out once again—the free PlayStation Plus version—back in the day, and I just couldn't get into it. I mean, I I played like maybe half an hour the first time I tried playing it, or well, that is the original version of Soul Sacrifice. Delta, I guess, is just like a better version of of the original Soul Sacrifice. So, um, funny though with this game. So, uh, today when I was recording the footage, you can, of course, customize the appearance of your character. I... I... I can't explain this, but... I mean, you'll just have to watch the video later. But the... there is a version of the character that seriously looks just like Nick Ricada. So I, I I I mean when I saw the face that looked like Nick I, I I went ahead and I customized my character to look like him and just named him Nick Rackets um, because I just thought it was hilarious that there was someone that this character looked like him and so yes I'm 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 playing as as Nick Ricketta in in Soul Sacrifice um, but the little bit that I played I did actually kind of start to enjoy. Um, I mean, it's supposed to be, like, a Monster Hunter-like game. I think that when I originally tried playing it, for for one, it doesn't really feel that much like Monster Hunter, um, but it might also just be the the part that I played. Just, I don't know. Some aspects of the controls are a little wonky, but it's still one I I definitely want to give a fair shake, um, especially because it's a Japan studio game. And, of course, you know, they don't exist anymore, so... Definitely, uh want to give it more of a chance, but I, I did play a decent amount. I mean, or, or well, I played like first couple missions in that game. Um, but then another game I booted up that has been long been on my backlog of, of my two play games, and it has held me back more than anything because of the fact that it has tank controls. Is Parasite Eve 2. Um, so I am a huge fan of the original Parasite Eve. That was something that I played on the original PlayStation back in the day, and I absolutely loved it. Um, I tried playing Parasite Eve 2 back then, but the tank controls. I couldn't wrap my brain around them. Um, And I had only rented it, so it wasn't a big deal. Back in the days when you could still rent games, which I guess you might still... Well, you can do Gamefly. Maybe occasionally Redbox. I don't know. Anyway, doesn't matter. The point is, um, I couldn't really get into it back in the day, and I tried. I, I bought it on the on the uh, on PSN some years ago, and wanted to give it a try again. Still struggled with the tank controls, but I decided to just give it another try today since I got all my games re-downloaded and everything configured on my Vita minus. Uh, backing up my physical games, which I still need to do, but, um, I was sort of starting to figure out, wrap my brain around the tank controls, um, I do want to give the game a real chance, and actually, like, really try to play through it, I know that I'll be glad when I'm done with it, just because of the tank controls, but I barely started it, so... knows when that'll actually happen I'm guessing it's another one of those games that's probably gonna be like a next year title because I I don't anticipate I'll be getting into it really this year and obviously I've been talking a ton but I still have some more things to cover so another game once again I tried it on the Vita I did not I had a really hard time getting into it because I it uses the rear touch pad and I I think the gimmick of the rear touch pad is just garbage Um for most game, or well, for for this game, I don't particularly like it, but I still wanted to give it a chance again. So tearaway is that game, and apparently not. Uh, oh, I forgot to switch the thing here. Another thing I'll have to edit out, but let's press that again. Okay, so tearaway. Um, I'm starting to get into it though. I I gave it a gave it another chance. I still think the rear touchpad uh, functions are just. It's just not responsive enough um, to to really be great, but I I went ahead and and gave it a little little go, and at least some of the other aspects of the gameplay, I'm kind of like, okay, I could see myself getting into this, Um, but yeah. So the other thing I did, in addition to, um, I'm going back to some of the uh, emulation stuff I did, so some more PSP emulation. I didn't end up getting any footage from one of the games. I'm not going to bother because I'm not going to play it. I don't. It controls terribly, in my opinion. And that's a uh, um, Spider-Man 2 on the PSP, um, which is the movie version of the game oh, or okay. the movie game. Because I, I heard someone say that that one was really good, but I, I tried it and it's like, no, this this game's good. The, the good. I mean, maybe <laughs> it, maybe it felt good back in the day, but like the controls are just terrible. Particularly with the swinging. The swinging is awful. Um particularly because you you're constantly going up as you're swinging and that makes it really hard to I mean it's like I want I want, if I could just move forward and not have to worry about going up as I'm swinging constantly, then it would probably be okay but I don't know. I did find though that um, emulating through PPSSPP it um, you can do lots of upscaling, which is actually what I use for Decity as well. Um, doing significant upscaling and just um, looks and runs a lot better. Um, I didn't do anything as far as the updating the frame rate, but mostly just because I found the controls to be so terrible that I just couldn't get past it. But I did decide, in addition to trying uh, those, to try and run Peace Walker um, on there. So... This one... Well, first of all, I've completely lost my save data that I had before on the beta. Oh, no. Which... in the, in the On one hand, sucks, obviously, because I put lots of time into it. But since I beat the game already, it's not that big of a deal. Um... But I... So, so I couldn't transfer over my save, which was a bummer. Um... Now running this game, of course, uh, through through the emulator, it actually looks really good. It actually looks almost identical to the PS3 version, which is pretty fantastic. You know, uh, that that's really good. But the controls are terrible, and I don't know how. I don't remember exactly how I got around them on Vita to where they were bearable and like I did just fine. I I enjoyed the game overall. Um. But I didn't realize this back then. I mean, like I, 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 I see it now. But I'm pretty sure that most of the game only runs at 20 frames per second. So the, the majority of the time you're playing that game, it's only 20 FPS, and it, uh, it does not feel good that way. And <laughs> aiming is like i i know i mean i knew i had struggled a bit with the aiming on the vita version or i mean you know the the psp version on vita but i was still able to get around it for the most part but when i tried to do it on the steam deck and tried to customize the controls to make it work with that i was trying to make the controls feel as close to metal gear solid 5 as possible and i just couldn't um but yeah it controls awful it's 20 fps uh all the time. Uh, there does not... I mean, there's probably a cheat to make it go up to 60. And I'm sure that would improve that aspect. But because the aiming is so terrible... it I, I can't recommend that. I can't re- recommend playing that way on the Steam Deck. However... On the flip side... And this made me super, super happy. So, I decided that I would go ahead and... Try playing, or uh, uh, try try to the Metal Gear Solid HD Collection again, because mm-hmm. um, you know when I had watched gameplay that other people had done before. 60 frames per second, no problems. You know they might have had a couple of drops here and there, but for the most part, it was like a really solid 60 and ran well, looked good, all that. Um, So I decided I would try the HD collection again. I had to just get the, um, not the firmware, but maybe it is the firmware. But anyway, I I had to get get the PS3 update file installed to RPCS3 um, in order to be able to run PS3 games. And so I went ahead and did that, and I gave both uh, Metal Gear Solid a Peacewalker and three a chance because those were the ones. Well, at least three was the one I had tried before and it felt like I was walking through molasses. And Peacewalker I hadn't tried yet uh, because I think when I tried it, I hadn't really started playing yet on Vita and I wanted to play that one since that was the one I had purchased and I felt like I needed to play that first. But anyway, so Peacewalker, 60 frames per second, controls so much better so much better, (laughs) uh, because because the aiming is just fixed, you know, it's like they they fixed it because they actually used the second stick, instead of it being based on either face buttons or the d-pad, and um, the interesting thing is the way they have it configured you can actually still do basically the PSP controls if you really want to do the claw, which I don't know why you would want to when you have the second stick but you could still do that, you could still do all the exact same PSP controls, um but they also have functions mapped to the second stick and triggers and everything else, so it's significantly better from that standpoint. But it's like, okay, 60 frames per second, already a huge thing, but it's really just the aiming is so much better, and I was able to activate the gyro uh, where I was having issues with doing that on the PSP version. And so, like, aiming is much smoother. It's just like, it feels great. feels fan- um, so that, that was really cool um, but then also I went ahead and like I said tried Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater and um, the controls are taking me a little bit to get used to because um, the versions I had played before uh, the Vita version and the uh, 3DS version have better controls at least in my opinion it's better controls Um, Especially the 3DS version. That one has probably the best controls, apart from the aiming not being great. Um, But it... uh, Ultimately, I just ended up... I I tried messing with the controls, see if I could get it configured in a certain way, but it didn't work. And I realized I have not recorded any of this video. Oh. okay and we've been talking for 30 40 minutes well I guess the beginning of the podcast will just have the audio I'll go ahead and hit record now so <laughs> we'll have video from here on out and I'll just I'll just add that in I, I'm we're not restarting uh, we, we have our audio recorded so so there'll be that uh, so, I apologize for anybody who is uh, who has been watching this so far and has not seen video. I will try to at least include gameplay clips, but it's mostly going to be just like the title card for the beginning of the video. Um, anyway, so, uh, going back to Metal Gear Solid 3, I know I've been talking for a while, but I just I want to get my piece out there. Um... It uh, yeah, it looks runs great on on the Steam Deck, so I'm I'm very happy with that. I'm not planning on replaying it anytime soon because I already played it three times this year. Oh wow! Because <laughs> I played it once on the Vita, and then after I got the 3DS version, I played it on there, suffered through the frame rate and all. Then I found out about the cheat that makes it so you can get a locked 30 FPS on 3DS. So then I played through it again sometime later, and. Yeah, so I don't really need to replay it. I love the game, but I'm not going to replay it again anytime <laughs> soon. Um, yeah. Man, I'm, I can't believe I forgot to press hit record on the video. It's like, I knew I was forgetting something. I just wish I would have figured that out a little bit sooner. So, anyway, whatever. Um, one last game that I played, and this was another one that I just wanted to test out because of the issues I had previously had with Uh, trying to run it on the Steam Deck um, and thought maybe it'll work okay this time. It's worth a shot, and that was Ratchet and Clank into the Nexus. And it runs better. Um, I don't know... like, Legitimately, I'm not sure if there was just something I did wrong before on the Steam Deck because I couldn't find anything or if there was just... I, I, I don't know what it was, but... I know that... Now, I mean, before, I would frequently get 15 to 20 frames per second was the best I was doing, and it was really choppy. And now I'm getting pretty much a solid 30 the whole time. I mean, that's, that's the best you can do with this game, even on a powerful PC, unfortunately, because that's just the way the game's configured. I don't know if there's a way to do it on the back end, but I haven't found anything, so... Um, yeah, but 30 frames per second looks and runs great. I'm really happy with that because now I can finally play through this game. Um, once again, I'm not planning on playing it right away, but it's been on my backlog for a while because when I got it, I I wanted to play, um, I, I, well, I, I didn't really want to sit and play it on PS3 all that much because... I just hate being tied to a TV all the time. But previously it wasn't running that well on Steam Deck. It wasn't a, there was no difference in performance on PC, so I just I kinda just put it on ice for a bit and was trying to decide what I wanted to do, and now it runs well enough on Steam Deck that I'm gonna play it there, for sure. And I'm going to enjoy myself because Ratchet and Clank is great series fantastic games and i have talked a bunch now and still screwed up the video but at least we have the audio that's the important part so all right anything else any thoughts on all of the many many things i talked about (laughs) (laughs)
1: um i I guess just one sort of question is uh Mm -hmm. so when people were referring to spider-man 2 were they just Specifically talking about the PSP version, mm-hmm. or just the game as a whole? Okay.
0: Yes. So- someone said that the the game itself, the PSP version, was good, but
1: I I think they were they probably just
0: they enjoyed it as a kid and they have nostalgia for it, but it it just controls awful.
1: So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was just curious because I was wondering if they were just maybe confusing it for the console version, and then, uh, but okay, that may. Yeah.
0: Alright, well let's get into the news. So, first and foremost, and we're, we're not going to spend a ton of time on this section, but we do need to talk a bit about the Game Awards and stuff that was actually revealed there. Thankfully, none of our our uh, satirical prediction or none of the other things we said happened at the Game Awards last week actually happened at the Game Awards, which is good. Um... Do you have, I mean, uh, sorry, I can't talk. Do you have anything specific that stood out to you? Um, I can also send you what I have here from from this website if you need something to look at with all the announcements. But,
1: yeah. um, I mean, just off the top of my head, um, that was, well, I think one of the things was, uh, um, one thing that uh, I was just going to say was that was, I, I, I was a, s- nice to see was the, uh, Wu uh, Wukong Monkey King, uh, release state. That was pretty nice to see. Something that I thought was cool to see, uh, was that the, um, the God of War Valhalla DLC, and especially mm-hmm. the fact that it's free, yeah. that's nice to see, um, you know, <laughs> so you don't necessarily see that sometimes these days, right. but- that's 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 great to see though um sega you know with their lineup nothing's really specific but they are different i guess revivals of their ips that's nice to see mm-hmm. um i haven't played too much of them like i've played some of golden axe i played a little bit of streets of rage but i haven't really done too much into the into those games but it's great to you know it, it's nice that they're going to bring those back Dragon Ball Sparking Zero, uh, I sort of as I mentioned, that's something I'm hyped to see. I'm a little bit disappointed the fact that it's going to be $70, um, especially considering the fact that it's likely going to have a bunch of DLC added, but I, I, I was, you know, it, I, I, was hyped to see it though, that though when it was revealed. Um, and then I, what was the last thing? There was one more game that, uh, I don't think actually that it was a... Oh wait, um... Yeah, I I haven't actually gone back to see it, but I actually was uh, excited to hear about this happening. It was the, um, game by, uh... Ikumi uh, Nakamura, who worked on Evil Within and Ghostwire Tokyo. Mm -hmm. Uh, The feed cut out for me so I didn't see the gameplay, but I know that, you know, she's done some good work, so I am excited to see that game. Cool, cool.
0: Well, there's just... I mean, there is a variety of things that stood out to me, but I'll just kind of go over a few here and there. Um, of course, the trailer for uh, Hellblade 2 Senua's Saga uh, got the released release window of 2024. Hopefully, we'll get an actual, like, release date sometime early next year. I'm definitely interested in that one. Um, let's see here. Of course, the Sega reveal thing of all the... IPs they're reviving. Of those, the only one I've actually played is Streets of Rage. Um, I actually... Streets of Rage was one of my earliest games that I played. Um, was actually one of the main reasons that I got a Sega Genesis as my first system at 12 years old. Um, and... Uh, so, I, I can't... I, I need to, like, rewatch the trailer on all that stuff. I can't remember if Streets of Rage looked like it was going to be more of a 3D uh, type of game. I think it would be cool if they did make the jump to 3D um, because, yeah, the, the 2D games are great, but there's already four of them, so you mm. know it's like the, the with the exception of four that came out you know a couple years ago. Um, you know, Streets of Rage basically hasn't had hasn't had a game in like almost 30 years. <laughs> so it's... I mean, yes, Streets of Rage 4 was released recently, but... Either way, you know, they've never had a, a 3D game. I think that would be pretty cool. I think that's a game that would really adapt well to 3D. In fact, I think it would adapt exceedingly well to 3D. Um, the other the other ones, I, I haven't played them, but I'm definitely interested in like Jet Set Radio and Crazy Taxi. Um, I have Jet Set Radio on Vita and PC. That's one of the OLED comparisons I'm planning to do. Um, But I have not played more than a couple minutes and I need to wrap my mind around the controls before I try recording that. Otherwise I'll just be embarrassing myself. (laughs) Um, Let's see here. Uh, Visions of Mana looks really cool. Rise of the Ronin looks really neat. Um, As far as I know, that's just uh just playstation Mm.
1: uh
0: probably would be pc as well oh od from from kojima (laughs) which as as is normal for kojima it was a weird trailer we have no idea what it (laughs) actually is he spent a bunch of time telling us some stuff about it sort of but not really um that all of that was rendered footage. It wasn't. It wasn't like live action, which is really impressive. So, yeah, it, it, We'll we'll see what happens with it. I'm I'm not entirely sure. It's definitely got some interesting uh, stuff behind it. Um, Jurassic Park Survival. Oh, so <laughs> the idea behind it, I think, is cool the fact who they cast for the lead boggles my mind i mean to be clear i i had never heard of this person until i think that there was like some i don't remember what channel it was cuz this was years ago some drama channel about about this this chick um basically not liking the fact that nobody took her nobody could take her seriously because Oh, oh she, she, I think it was that she spoke out against uh, the prawn industry because they hadn't paid her much of anything for all the stuff she had done. Like, she, she barely made any money. And then she. And then more recently, I've seen stuff about her uh, complaining about not being taken seriously by anybody because she did this stuff for years. It's like, yeah, duh. <laughs> and now they have her as the lead. For this game. I mean, at least it's primarily first person, but I'm just... If it wasn't for the fact that I... that this game is obviously not that type of game, I would half expect it to turn into something dirty, just because of who they put in it. But anyway. um, It it definitely lost a lot of points of me actually taking it serious (laughs) from that. Um, Let's see, here's some other stuff here. Um, one that definitely stood out to me a lot. Tales of Kenzira Zhao. Um, it's a 2D uh, Metroid style game. Reminds me a lot in terms of its visuals and everything of Metroid Dread. Um, it, is, um, it is a game that's developed, at least in part, um, by I'm going to butcher this name. It's Abubakar Salim I'm not positive. I I probably mispronounced that, and I apologize if I did. Um, but he was he was the voice actor for Bayek in Assassin's Creed Origins, which is the one character identified with way more than any other character I've played as in those games, uh, being a father and a husband. And um, the actor was talking about that this game is is has has to do a lot with his own personal journey dealing with the loss of his father. Which hits really close to home since I lost my father five years ago. And um, it was already available for pre order. Um, unfortunately, it's only on, for PC, it's only on Origin, which, I mean, I have some games through Origin, but I don't really use Origin. So I'll wait till it comes to Steam for that. But I did pre order it on Switch because um, I wanted to support it. And furthermore, it's only 18 bucks, nice and cheap. So. I figured that's worth it, but that doesn't come out till April of next year. Um, let's see here. Other stuff. Oh, Blade. Oh, Marvel's Blade uh, being made by Arcane Leon, um, who did the Dishonored games. Um, it's just a CGI trailer. We have no idea when it's actually coming. Um, but it's a third-person action-adventure game. I'm very interested. I'm just hoping that they they do the character justice and that they don't uh, try to bring like modern politics into it. Which I think, realistically, based on what what this studio has done in the past, hopefully they won't bring that kind of stuff into it and they'll just be true to the character and everything else. But I'm very intrigued, to say the least. I think that they would be. A gr- they are a great studio to do this type of game because the Dishonored games, especially, just like that stylistic and like ultra uh, violent and everything, that's just a perfect fit for Blade. So, uh, let's see here. Just going through the rest of this list here. Um,. I don't think there was much of anything else. I mean, there was that new game from uh, Hello Games. They're, they're uh, uh, called Light No Fire. That's basically going to be what's supposed to be a true open world, and basically the intent is that it's the scale of an actual planet. So, um... Interesting idea. I'm not sure how interested I am in it personally, just based on how little interest I had in No Man's Sky, but it still looks pretty interesting. And, oh, Monster Hunter Wiles. Yeah, I forgot about that. So, uh, we know it's coming to Xbox, PS5, and PC. Um, it has the rideable mount returning that was in uh, Rise. Except instead of being a dog, it's a like feathered dinosaur thing. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's hard to tell exactly how this is gonna work out, but it looks like it might end up being basically, like, either it's purely a sequel to World, or it's them kind of combining World and Rise into one. I'm not really sure which, but I would say it's, at the very least, it's a sequel to World, because it doesn't look like it's, it's much more open than Rise, so... But yeah, I think that was the last one. Um, of course, Baldur's Gate 3 won Game of the Year. Not surprising, as we expected. I'm really glad that Spider-Man didn't win anything at all.
1: I actually saw a meme uh, about... They call me 007. Yeah. Zero awards. <laughs> yeah,
0: z- zero awards, zero mentions, and seven <laughs> nominations, something like that. I can't remember, but... yeah yeah something like that it was it it made me quite happy <laughs> i mean i know that the reason it didn't win had nothing to do with the message and you know the, the reasons that we personally are against the game um then it's really just because of all the other games that came out this year but yeah anyway any other thoughts on on game awards before we move on to the next topic
1: no, I, I thought that there were some pretty decent reveals, so, yeah, I'm pretty pleased. Alright, so,
0: the day before. Now, this is something I started following a while back. Not because I was actually interested in playing the game, but more just because of... In I mean, the way I looked at this game from what I saw early on was that it was vaporware. That it was a similar situation to abandoned. Um, it was a. It wasn't quite the same from that standpoint because they did technically release something. But um, so f- for anyone who hasn't been paying attention, uh, the day before was supposed to be an open world uh, zombie survival MMO RPG, and uh, this small studio has been. I mean, announced the game back in 2021 um, and has had several times where they've delayed the game they've come up with various reasons they've changed the style of the game multiple times um, they they would frequently get up to what was supposed to be either the release date or shortly before the release date and then delay it again and they finally released it um last week and it was completely broken not at all what they advertised it wasn't open world had hardly any zombies hardly any intera- any interactivity had i mean it was a buggy mess like it made Bethesda games look like like the most polished things you could ever see <laughs> and um 4 days after they released it They closed down their studio. (laughs) And since then... They've been hard at work... um, Well, actually, even before that... They've been hard at work scrubbing everything that displayed it as being a zombie survival game. uh, Because basically, it turns out that it's essentially an extraction shooter. Is is what it came down to... Um, uses a bunch of recycled assets just stuff that they purchased from the Unreal Engine 5 store um, there's like not really anything original even though they said they've been working on this game for five years supposedly um, and it just it doesn't do any of the things it says it's it was going to do like absolutely nothing and they've been scrubbing their timelines they've been scrubbing their YouTube channels in fact their YouTube channel has no videos anymore They've taken other games that they published and in order to not affect the sales of those games, they've changed the publishers on those. Um... Okay, I'm gonna let you talk before before I start saying some of the <laughs> stuff I some of my thoughts on this whole thing.
1: Well, um, I, I actually until the entire news broke about this game. I actually had no idea that this game had even existed or that it was something that people were anticipating. Um I just heard, "Oh, there's this game that came out that people are hating that uh it's I mean, I, I mean until it I, I know it's been removed now, but it was probably I think the the most disliked game on Steam uh <laughs> at the time. So I just heard, "Wow, that's very interesting, but actually hearing about later on about how this game has been going on for, or at least it's been in development, I should say, for a good while is is incredible. <laughs> um, I think the worst part, though, is the fact that the lengths that the studio is going through just to try to make it seem like things aren't what they are, the fact that they've tried to, um, I guess, shift things around so that way, that it looks like the games are from a different studio altogether and how they can just sort try to sweep this incident under the rug, which I'm hoping they don't do this. I hope that there's some sort of litigation, some sort of, uh, action that can be brought against them. But I am glad though, that, uh, Valve has been able to, especially, uh, I think uh, Valve's been able to get some refunds out, especially for people who played more than two hours, because that is the cut off uh cut off for refunds on steam so i'm glad that people have played like say 10 hours of the game have been able to fight to get refunds for that game mm-hmm. uh, now one thing though uh, especially upon initially hearing about the game in the news was a bit more reactionary for me thinking about like yeah this is why you shouldn't buy games that are on early access and stuff like that and i partially still hold that uh viewpoint as far as just you know be wary of games that are on early access because Mm -hmm. you don't know how these games are going to turn out if they even you know complete but on the same hand though i can't necessarily be too critical just because in a sense people who say crowd who who crowdfund games like on kickstarter or something like that to a degree they're sort of doing the same thing um Gr- granted, you know, there might be some sort of things like saying that, well, you do know that the game, it, you're technically not buying the game. You are buying the, uh, you're, you're, you're contributing to the funding of the game and allowing it to actually be developed. So I, I guess I could see that, that argument there, but still, I think that there people should probably try to use some some judgment uh for uh, as far as what they buy on early access um just because these uh, unfortunately that's the way things are i wish that I i think that early access while it is good for people who are genuine like for example the developer for vampire survivors for um valheim and for other games that there are people out there who are genuine who put out early access, and do actually work on improving their games as they develop uh, them. But unfortunately it does make it a whole lot easier for people to actually also scan people as well. Yeah. So I- I'm glad that this has been shut down. I'm glad that actually Valve came, stepped in, and removed the game from the store in the first place. Um, I- I'm glad that's happened, but I-, I don't. I definitely think that the studio should not be forgotten. I think that this is something that people should be aware of, so that way, if they decide to pop up again and say, hey, we've got some more games here, and realize, no, we know who you are. We know what your game is. Uh, we know you're just trying to scam us. I So I hope that, because I think also that the CEO is located in Singapore, so that might also make things harder for, you know, because of jurisdiction and laws. That will probably make things harder, but I'm hoping that these people can get shut down because and and, and i mean permanently shut down because otherwise they're just gonna try to do this again and yeah okay so
0: this whole saga has been going on for a while um i'll have to uh find you a video that i watched i don't know it was probably two three months ago they did a really good job explaining everything that had been going on up to that point with this game and all the red flags that were coming up that were just like, okay, this is, this is not a real game. This is, it's a scam. It's very clearly a scam, Um, which obviously a lot of people, I mean, I know some people, they legitimately were the only reason they were uh, buying this game was just out of morbid curiosity because Okay, the game was technically finally released in early access. But with everything that had been going on prior, it's like, okay, could there actually be something could this game deliver in any way, shape, or form, you know? Even if it was a bit broken initially, but then they were gonna be working on it, then okay. Sure, but the there was just there were so many red flags, and I don't have like all the events that came before this. But they had various trailers displaying different things at different times. Um, the the stuff just so, some of the stuff that they were putting in those trailers just didn't make sense. Um, the overall, every time that they showed any sort of gameplay, it didn't make sense. Like it was it was just stuff. I, I just I just need to find you the video, I'll find you the video, I'll send it over to you, and then when you have some time, just check it out, because it'll really do a good, it does a good job explaining everything that was going on before this, and, um, because there was kind of like a gap where basically nothing was happening for a while after that video, until they finally said that, okay, we have an official release date, um, for, for the early access, and here we are today. Um, good thing is, Steam has, of course, uh, delisted the game in terms of you can't purchase it anymore. They're refunding everybody. Um, You still have to go through the process, their uh, refund process. It doesn't matter how many hours you put into the game, you can still get refunded. It's been delisted. I mean, it's it's very clear that this whole thing was just a scam. And um, it's been theorized, and I think this is probably accurate, that... um, Publishers like Steam, uh, they'll hold the funds in escrow for a while after um, after the game releases, and then they'll basically release the funds after 30 days. Um, or, you know, it could, be that it could be as much as that, which means that this developer may not have actually seen a single dime of the money that <laughs> they were supposed to be getting, even though they... I think they sold, like, 200,000 copies um, within the first week, and... I mean, before today, like half of those had already been refunded, um, and hopefully the rest of them will get refunded as well. But yeah, this this whole saga is just like, I mean, it's not as bad as Abandoned in a sense because Abandoned, like, it was very clear that it was vaporware from early on. They didn't even try to pretend that they had gameplay, um, or well, rather, they didn't show any game, any supposed gameplay with that it was just like it was nothing you know, they, they kept saying that they were going to have something and they never had anything and then just disappeared from everything um unless we find out that it turns out abandoned was actually od all along because <laughs> <laughs> you know the theory that, that kojima was behind abandoned um but yeah this at the same time this is just a a complete trash fire and I mean I'm glad everybody's going to be able to get refunds but seriously people you need to put your critical thinking caps on when, when you see stuff like this and you just keep looking at it and there's a lot of inconsistency in what you're seeing you need to be aware that this is definitely not it's not real and there's definitely plenty of examples of early access where they're perfectly fine you don't have to worry about that but this is not one of them. There, I mean, even if I hadn't seen the video that was talking about about this game and about all the oddities behind it of the whole saga, probably just seeing the gameplay in general to me would have said, this is not, there's something not right about this. All right, well, let's move on to the next topic here. So Microsoft potentially putting out a free tier of Game Pass. You want to cover this topic?
1: Yeah, sure thing. So, oh, sorry. So this isn't anything that is official just yet. It's something that is uh, still flowing around. But there is an idea that Microsoft could be putting out uh, a free version, well, Free uh, version of Xbox Game Pass, uh, just to, ex- but they're all ex- experimenting by also making it an ad view version. So, say you can play two hours of Xbox Game Pass, uh, but in return you have to watch some ads. Like, say thirty seconds of an ad, and you get two hours of game streaming. Um, and this is par- partially for places like Africa, India, Southeast Asia, or other places that might not. You know, ha- they might have, uh, I guess, what's what's the best way to put this? Uh, they're, s- they're smaller developed areas, um, so they don't really have that type of income to, say, buy a console. Something like this would mm-hmm. work well for them. It'd say, hey, you can play games, video games for free and stream them. All you do is just watch some ads. So that's the idea behind this. Um, and so I think it's something... Oh. oh. I mean, I guess, I guess, uh, I mean, unless you want to put your two cents in first. No, go for it. Okay. Um, so I think this is something that could work. Uh, I think it's something that's nice, especially, you know, like I mentioned for those areas that, you know, it's, it's hard to get a console, but I guess one thing though, I will say is the fact that I wouldn't necessarily expect this to be free forever. Um, I think we've seen this lots of times with, not even just with gaming, but just streaming in general, something starts off with a good or appealing value, but then after a period of time, then a price gets introduced or a price goes up, so that's something I think could possibly happen, even if it's free, say, you're starting, it might be something like, say, maybe $3 or $4, Uh, then just going from there, I mean... Netflix started at what? Seven, eight dollars, now it's fifteen dollars uh years later for month subscriptions. Uh and even Xbox, they I think they uh they terminated the free uh free trial I think or something like that, and they're possibly going to increase the price for Game Pass, so it, it'll it it will happen over time, I I'm pretty certain. Yeah, it's
0: um, it's an interesting idea of theirs. Um, I'm wondering, you know, countries where they might have more issues with being able to afford to easily do like consoles and that sort of thing. Whether or not they would necessarily have internet good enough to stream stuff. That's that's, a that's good point. I mean that's that's the one question I would have with that. Um, but it's possible that maybe. Maybe that's less of an issue than I think it is. Um, Even then, what I would also say is that um, I I think the concept is an interesting one. The issue always comes with, I mean, the issue that always comes up is what is going to be the frequency of the ads and how long? Because, like, Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily the length of the ads, it's the issue as long as it's not, like, more ads in-game, um, it's more an issue of how frequently is it going to cut you off and what situations is it going to cut you off. Now, if you're playing a single-player game and it, like, automatically pauses the game when when the ad comes up, then, okay, at least it paused the game. But if, like, you're playing something like Dark Souls, oh, where it <laughs> doesn't pause the game... You're in the middle of a boss fight. You're, you're sweating. You're getting so close to beating, and then all of a sudden, here's the ad. Oh. Or if you're in the middle of a multiplayer game. Oh goodness, yeah. And it's just like I could see that being disastrous. Um, but hopefully they they would find a way to program around that to make it work with that sort of thing. Now. Of course, the the Dark Souls games aren't Game Pass, as far as I know. I don't even think, like, Sekiro is. Um, so that might not necessarily be as much of an issue, but... I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that there's there's some sort of way that they can make it work with that, if they're actually going to do this. Um, yeah, because, like, you know, like the Switch... That's one thing I actually really like about Dark Souls on the Switch, is that you can technically pause and just go to the Home Menu then it suspends the game. Or, you know, I'm sure that probably would work to some degree with, like, Quick Resume um, on, on Xbox, and I think they have a similar feature to that on PlayStation now as well. So, theoretically, there's a way to work around it, but anyway. It's an interesting idea. It, it would, I mean, the one thing I would say about this is this would probably help Microsoft immensely on making money off game pass because yeah. while I do think that they, they make more money off of it than a lot of people think because of just the sheer number of people who subscribe and never use it or forget that they have it and say subscribe. I mean, I think, I think Microsoft's making a lot more money than people think they are from this. And, um, since they have, you know, enough revenue in general to, to work this out, then, you know, it might not be as bad as as people think it is. But more than anything, if they're having people put ads in Game Pass for a free subscription, that's how they're going to make their money the most, more than anything else. They'll make a ton of money that way, and they'll probably gain a lot of subscribers too. Now, I personally, I can't stand having ads. Um... I've actually gotten really spoiled by YouTube Premium. I held off on getting it for a while, but then it got to a point where it was like, it wasn't even just the ads, it was being able to download the videos for offline, uh, for listening or watching offline. And that's been huge. Um, And the fact that of course, since Google made it impossible to do otherwise, uh, you are able to get the, um, what you call it, you you are able to have your screen off while videos are playing, which is great. But I mean, it's it's a reasonable price for for what you get. I think I think it's a good service, and I wish that like Rumble and stuff would would do stuff like that because it's it's a really quality service, works well, even if you're listening to every conversation you have all the time, which is unfortunate. But I don't know how I don't know if there's any way around <laughs> it. It's just in the the world we live in. You're being watched. The government <laughs> has a secret system. Sheen that spies on you every hour of every day. Anyway, um... Yeah. Any other thoughts on that?
1: Uh, no. Um, uh, although I'll just make a quick comment about mentioning Dark Souls. I actually did have a similar experience where I was fighting a boss, and I was close to being the boss, but then my controller died, and, oh, no. Uh, Then the boss just punished me. (laughs) But yeah.
0: F's in the chat. Pay the respects. (laughs) Alright. Well. So let's get into our next topic. E3 is officially done. The ESA put out a tweet yesterday announcing that they are officially closing down e3 for good so uh, despite my intro no I didn't actually buy any any stuff for going to e3 I, I decided long time ago that I didn't want to go even before it became clear that it was it was going away um, but definitely it's not surprising at this point because it's basically been dead for a few years anyway. But what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, it, I mean, it's definitely been a situation where the writing was on the wall, but I think really just a matter of why did it take so long? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I I almost thought that they would have pulled the plug last year. <laughs> um, or, I guess, technically this year. They didn't have it this year, did they? Nope. Yeah, so yeah. So I, I figured they would have just thrown the towel in earlier Um, again not too surprising Uh, Nintendo was the first to drop out but then slowly other publishers also just decided to not show up at all as well Um, I, I guess this is for the best I would say just because this now allows people to not feel crunched as far as putting out or trying to put out videos and trailers at a set time um, so that way, more companies can t- say, "We'll put out, we'll put out a video or pres- present something when we have something worth presenting," mm-hmm. and just not pe- have people show up and say, "Hey, here's something that we're working on. We're just going to talk about this thing and maybe show you a five-second cinematic about something we're working on." Now we can actually, possibly, hopefully—I mean, I don't, I'm not going to say that this is actually going to happen, but maybe, hey, we're actually going to have a trailer. We're going to have gameplay in it now. Um, I mean, we might have some Cinemax, but we'll actually have some gameplay you can actually look at and see. This is actually how the game's going to play. This is what's going to be in the game. This is what you can do in the game. And not just have some sort of simple teaser. I'm hoping this is something that we can actually, you know, do. And also, for something like this, it it even gives a chance to have some surprises. Say, hey, here's a game that's coming out um, that we're going to put out, say, next year. You weren't expecting us to have a trailer for this but here it is right now um and i also think that's even just going to save companies a lot more money in a sense too because you won't have to spend so much money on the marketing by showing up at e3 so Mm. or even just like having these presentations you can just put up a video online the internet will gladly spread the word of whatever uh game you're making so that's free publicity right there that people are just gonna share the videos to different social media and your work is done there so I think this is great and also uh, I mean I think partially because of uh, COVID and when they were like slowly opening up it sort of helped cut this but um, I'd say right before then just the fact that we had people showing up at E3 who had no business being at E3 and namely that is like celebrities Um, Mm. and I, I just felt that it's a waste of time and money to have these people who probably aren't interested about gaming, uh, and so like, ha- doing all these different things that I-, I feel really takes away from the whole reason that people are there in the first place is uh, it- it's another reason why I'm glad that it's over, but uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, for people who have watched it for a long time, it's definitely a, a-, a sad moment, but I think that Moving forward, it's gonna be for the best.
0: Yeah, the only thing that I really see as a potential issue is that um, now basically you have Jeff Keighley handling all of the game <laughs> game announcement show things uh, because he already has because he has Summer's of Games Fest and Game Awards. Mm-hmm. Now there's no E3. I mean, granted. You know, E3 basically died years ago. I mean, it was was already... It was starting to die a slow death. You know, you had Nintendo pull out of doing stage presentations, which was part of the problem, although they still had enough presence there to where, you know... um, They they were still, you know, putting stuff out for people to check out, even even with the Nintendo Direct format that they switched to. Um, And then you had Sony pull out... They hadn't done it, in, in a, I think, for the last, like, couple years of, e, of E3. And then, of course, you had COVID giving issues. And it's just been, like, one thing after another. And, I mean, it was inevitable. But it, it is good that, that studios now have the option, even more so. I mean, I think they already realize this anyway. But ha- have the option to just release stuff whenever they feel like releasing it. Now, I think that... You're probably overly optimistic if you think they're going to they're going to stop doing the teaser trailers and they're (laughs) actually going to start showing gameplay. Uh, I think that's it's still going to be the same exact. They're going to just keep doing the same stuff that they've been doing. Have the hype cycle start early and announce things long before they're ready, and that's just (laughs) going to be what happens. That's just the way it is. But yeah, end of an era. I mean, Mm -hmm. didn't even make it for 30 years, but I mean, did make it over 20. So. Either way. That's about it for that. Alright, so I think, um, even though of course we lost the first 45 minutes in terms of the video version. Um. Do you want to talk about the any of those other topics we
1: have yeah I mean I think we could do at least one of them I'd say all right so
0: let's go ahead and talk about these exclusives coming from Square Enix PlayStation so course final fantasy 16 has been exclusive to playstation and it will be coming to pc sometime next year um final fantasy 7 remake is currently exclusive to playstation but is also on pc as far as we know there's probably uh sony's basically been paying square enix to keep it off of xbox and same thing is going to happen with rebirth and it seems like, basically, the plan is that this is not the end of it, and that Final Fantasy sixteen is... that PlayStation is doing what they can to keep Final Fantasy Sixteen completely off of Xbox, along with some of the other titles that they've already kept off of Xbox. And that there will probably be even more going forward. So,
1: your thoughts? I, I, I'm i not surprised that um, this... not surprised at all this definitely seems like something that Sony would do and and that's kind of sad because I'm pretty certain that at least a year ago Microsoft was trying to build relationships with Square Enix uh, to try to get some more games brought over Um, so if that you know does show that it was all for naught then that's kind of sad, for, pe- especially for people who saw the announcement that uh, Phil Spencer was making, saying, like, yeah, we're going to try to get more games uh, from Scoring Sprot over, only to see the games are now going to be blocked because of this deal. Granted, smaller games uh, might come over still, or games that aren't technically AAA class, like um, Octopath Traveler 2, I think, was actually released on Xbox, although I think for some reason... It wasn't released on PlayStation. I could be wrong, but I think that, oddly enough, it was released everywhere else but Um, PlayStation. The first Octopath Traveler
0: was. Octopath Traveler 2, I think, yeah, it's on everything.
1: Okay, okay. But But um,
0: I'm positive it's on PS5. It's just the first one that isn't on, on PlayStation.
1: Okay. But, um... Yeah, I mean, I think that... especially, And I, I also think that people who say stuff like... Oh, Microsoft... Uh, uh, primarily the Sony fanboys who say, like, Microsoft is always trying to get all these games and keep them off PlayStation. Well, what what's Sony doing? I mean, clearly you all have blinders on that prevent you from seeing what is clearly going on. Yeah. Um, but this isn't a problem at all. Um, I, I'm hoping that more games will still get to come over because I I still firmly believe that as long as the system is capable of it there's no reason why any game should be withheld from any platform so every game should directly be on every platform Um, but I I believe that this is going to happen though Um, granted this was still supposed to be like just a rumor nothing that's confirmed but considering the fact that the person who presented this was correct about several other things regarding Mm -hmm. uh sony playstation and square enix deals i'm i'm fairly confident this will happen yeah seems pretty likely
0: um yeah i mean i i wish for for the sake of xbox and just in general that this wouldn't keep happening i i think i i've definitely come to the point where I feel like exclusives on any platform shouldn't be a thing Um, I mean I understand why they do it and you know but but the reality is that they just make it so that they don't have to compete in terms of actually providing better products and services it's just about okay we're going to give you games that you can only buy on our platform and it doesn't matter if our platform is underpowered like Nintendo or if They're um, well technically still underpowered with PlayStation and (laughs) Xbox, um, at least compared to PC. You know we're not going to give you any choice in the matter. You you just have to go with what we give you. So, um, I I I want exclusive to stop being a thing. Uh, It's funny though because for me, because my first real exposure to Final Fantasy was on PlayStation, even though I knew it started on Nintendo. For me, PlayStation was my Final Fantasy platform. Like, that was before I started getting into other games that, that Sony makes for, for their uh, PlayStation consoles and handhelds. Uh, I primarily bought PlayStation for Final Fantasy and then Kingdom Hearts because it had Final Fantasy characters in it. At least early on. Um, and so... And, and I've completely done a 180, like... I prefer actually having the Final Fantasy games outside of PlayStation, because I like having more options of places to play them. Um, like, I have, let's see here... I have most of the Final Fantasy games on PlayStation up through 12. Um, I think actually the only one I don't have... I don't have five... And I guess I don't have 4 anymore on PlayStation. Or, well, I don't have it on PS1, anyway. I have it on on PSP, or the PSP version on Vita of 4 that came with the after years as well. But I have all of the Final Fantasy games through 12 on Switch now. (laughs) Because I have the Pixel remasters, and then I got the physical versions of of 7 and 8 and 9 imported from Japan. And then I have 10102 and 12 the Zodiac Age all there as well. And then on PC I have most of the Final Fantasy. Well, I don't have as many of them. I don't have 1 through 6 on PC. But then I have 12, all three parts of 13, 15. Um, What's that one that was on PSP? Um, what's it called? Uh, oh, like I'm blanking on what it's called. It was like what's that? It's a it's a side game. It's it's not like a proper Final Fantasy. Um, but it was
1: originally like the school one.
0: Yeah. Um, I'll probably just bring up my Steam Deck and then I can look it up. <laughs> First, I don't know why I'm blanking on what it... Type Zero, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Type Zero. Yeah. I have that one as well as Steam. But... Um... Yeah, there's just like, uh... I like having the option to buy it in other places. And of course, for me, I think the main reason I wanted them on Nintendo platforms was because of having cartridges. I like cartridges better than discs. Just all across the board. And of course, at least at the time when I bought most of these, the Steam Deck wasn't a thing, so I could get a physical cartridge of all these games, which I thought was just a cool novelty, especially since most of these games originally were PlayStation exclusive. At least, um, 7 through 12 were all PlayStation exclusive, so they were only on on discs. Um, so I just thought that was cool. And then, also, they, you know, it's portable version, so it's like portable physical copy, so I have that, and then, you know, I have a bunch of digital copies and everything else. Um, but anyway. All that being said, said way more than I needed to, but I very much dislike the idea of exclusives being a thing nowadays, and I hope that it changes in the future more and more. I'm hoping especially Nintendo changes it, because Nintendo makes some fantastic games, and they oftentimes do a good job with the hardware they have, but they could still be better. There are definitely plenty of examples of games that should run at 60. Probably could, if they didn't have multiplayer, like uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, which is a pretty fantastic Kirby game, but it only runs at 30. And it's probably because they just decided to keep uniformity between single and the co-op versions so anyway that's that's all i have to say on the matter I, I hope xbox can get some of these games though for their sake i mean i'm i'm sitting just fine because i'm gonna get them on pc so <laughs> like i'm gonna be able to play them no matter what and i i bet that sony will probably even let some of these things come to nintendo future because they don't see nintendo Nintendo as a competitor and yeah just out of spite they'll put them on nintendo when nintendo does their switch 2 and (laughs) still leave them off of xbox but anyway any other thoughts
1: uh no sir all right recommendations and dissuasions all right. So, in keeping with my theme mentioned from last week, my recommendation is the film, *The Polar Express*. Uh, it's a very fun animated Christmas film. Um, I actually didn't see it when it came out years ago. I actually saw it years later. Somehow, uh, my family got the DVD, so watched it. Mm. It's fun. You know, it's a nice, simple, enjoyable film. You can watch. Um, my niece and nephew actually watched it last week for the first time, and they, they enjoyed it. Uh, but it's it's definitely good. Um, animation still looks very well um, to this day, and I think that's just a testament to how great it looks. Um, but yeah, nothing, ex- not, nothing extreme you have to worry about. Nothing that's uh, complicated, just a fun, simple movie. Cool, cool.
0: Well, My recommendation, I I decided I'm going to do a Christmas movie as well, since last week was something different, but mine is a uh, polar opposite (laughs) to um, the Polar Express in, like, every sense of the way word. Um, It is a rated R movie, but it is a Christmas movie. It's not Die Hard, although I love Die Hard. it is Fat Man with Mel Gibson playing Chris Kringle. Uh, the premise of the movie is that a spoiled kid gets coal for Christmas, he gets mad, and he hires a hitman to go after Santa to kill him. <laughs> and the the concept Boy. sounds ridiculous, but it's really well done, and it's actually and it's not it's not cheesy. Like it's actually just a well done movie and um, my wife is not usually a fan of rated R movies. I mean, like, there are very few that she likes. I think basically she has said that this, she hasn't decided with rated R movies if this one is her favorite or if uh, Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz are her favorite. So she enjoyed this one a lot. It's become one of our new uh, yearly uh Christmas movies. So I recommend Fat Man. Twenty twenty. Mm. Fantastic movie. Um it's 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 violent. Um gets gets a little gory in spots. Has a lot of swearing, but that's about it. There's no nudity or anything like that in there. And um Honestly the message isn't even all that bad. Which is surprising but I guess I guess Mel Gibson is Catholic, so that's probably part of it. But Either way, it's a... Yeah, it's it's a great flick. Well worth checking out. I definitely recommend it.
1: And your dissuasion. Um, this is one that I just sort of... Coincidentally kept with the Christmas theme, but that is to... Don't put off your Christmas shopping anymore if you haven't done it, or started to do it already. Um, less than two weeks until Christmas. Uh, yep. If you want to get something ordered online... You're probably going to have a bit of... uh, You might have some hassle with getting it shipped uh, before then. And also in stores, you know, items might be sold out. So it's good to start doing it now if you haven't done it already. But if you've already done it, good job. Pat yourself off on the back.
0: Alright, my dissuasion is something completely unrelated. That... my, My dissuasion is... If you are emulating games on the Steam Deck, particularly anything PSP, do not use RetroArch because it does not run the games very well. Um, it has a lot more issues. I had some, like, freeze-ups. It doesn't have, uh... Well, at least when you launch the game, there's not really an easy way to access the menu that I could discover to adjust anything, maybe update the visuals, that sort of thing. Um... So I definitely would say, don't use RetroArch for emulating PSP games at the very least. Um, I I haven't tested enough other games to where I could say for sure if the other emulators are better for like Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, and so on. I definitely want to do more of that in the future, but um, I mean, when it comes to PSP emulation, at least PPSSPP is a fantastic emulator, and the fact that I could get Dissidia looking so good and running at 60 frames per second is fantastic. It looks and runs a lot better than it does on PSP and Vita, and considering it is the best Dissidia game of the three, and it has all... I mean, it has not only the new content for that game, but also all the content from the original Dissidia, totally worth your time. So... Um, yeah, But anyway, like I said, don't use RetroArch for PSP emulation. And maybe not for any emulation. Even though its interface is pretty cool. I do like the interface. So. Alright.
1: Uh, anything else? No,
0: sir. So where can people find you?
1: They can find me on my channel. I am Zeracon, uh, youtube.com slash... At I am Zeracon, that's I A M X E R A C O N. I know that I mentioned last week that I was going to try to put out a video uh, uh, horror themed, but that's kind of been pushed back because of a couple other things that popped up that I wanted to talk about. One I'm hoping to actually put out by Friday, so we'll definitely see what happens there. But um, yeah, I've got some stuff going on and I might. Try to do something special next week, but I will actually let you all know on the next uh, in the next video. Sounds good. All right. Well, you can find me on
0: YouTube.com/atthefrozengamer87. Um, I just put out a couple of videos comparing in handheld mode the visuals for visuals and performance, as well as the initial load times for both Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal go ahead and check those out. They've been doing pretty well. I'm not sure where Eternals at right now in terms of the views. I know it wasn't nearly as high as 2016, but, um, either way, they, they both been doing pretty well. I'm doing more videos in the near future. Uh, probably one of the things I'm going to do is comparing Dissidia Duodecim running on the Steam Deck through PPSSPP versus running on the Vita. Um, through emulation the PSP version so that'll probably be one of the next ones I do among a bunch of others I have a ton of them planned and um, I'm my goal right now is just to have them out one per week I'll probably record a ton during Christmas break if I if I can find the time and that way I can have lots of comparisons ready to go on my channel and uh, check those out all right so, I am the Frozen Gamer 87. That is I Am Zerichon. We are the Orange Box Podcast. And until next time, don't kick yourself in the butt on your way out the door. I don't know. Orange Box Podcast, out.